Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for those who are joining us again. A special thank you to those who are patient with uh, parking outside. Tonight when I got back to the house at about 5 o'clock, half of the parking lot was already full from something else going on on campus. So I know some of you park far away and on a nice night like tonight. It's not that bad to walk. But thank you for those who are doing that to kind of put in a little bit of sacrifice for your faith. Let's take a moment to call to mind our sins and ask the Lord to show us his mercy that we may be worthy to celebrate these sacred mysteries. As Jesus came down from the mountain with Peter, James, John, and approached the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. Immediately on seeing him, the whole crowd was utterly amazed. They ran up to him and greeted him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I have brought to you my son possessed by a mute spirit. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they were unable to do so. He said to them in reply, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I endure you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. And when he saw him, the spirit immediately threw the boy into convulsions. As he fell to the ground, he began to roll around and foam at the mouth. Then he questioned his father, How long has this been happening to him? He replied, Since childhood. It has often thrown him to fire and and into water to kill him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can, everything is possible to one who has faith. Then the boy's father cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. Jesus, on seeing a crowd rapidly gathering, rebuked the unclean spirit and said to it, Mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Shouting and throwing the boy into convulsions, it came out. He became like a corpse, which caused many to say, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. When he entered the house, his disciples asked him in private, Why could we not drive the Spirit out? He said to them, This kind can only come out through prayer. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week, I posted something on Facebook and Instagram, a quote that said something like, Unless we find discipline, we will never find faith with a little comment under there about how maybe we need to go back to some practices we used to do in our Christian faith, like meatless Fridays and cold showers and other penances. I thought this post was kind of, you know, fine, right? (laughs) Innocuous, you know, maybe not going to cause a big stir, not compared to some posts that people make on Facebook. But uh, someone commented on the post and said, "Uh, would you please explain to me how taking a cold shower will make me grow closer to God. And I thought, amen, I hate cold showers too, right? (laughs) 
Knowing this person outside of Facebook, um, I know him in the real world. Uh, I know he's a Bible-based Christian, uh, really a good man. Um, and I thought, well, uh, maybe I can help teach him something here about our understanding of Christianity from the Catholic perspective. And so I cited a few uh, Bible verses about fasting. You know, Ahab in the Old Testament, in the book of Kings, uh, he commits bad deeds and he goes to God in prayer, but also puts on sackcloth and ashes uh, in penance. And then God hears his prayer and forgives him. Or a couple of prophets in the Old Testament talk about fasting and how that's helpful for people. In the New Testament, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians says, I discipline my body in every way so that I can compete in the race and win, right? Why would you discipline your body if it wasn't going to help you win, right? And then after I used those few references to Scripture, um, I said, uh, overall, this maybe this is a better explanation, um, the, the spirit and in the body are usually at war with each other. You know this, right? I know it too. And sometimes our body makes us do things that our spirit knows is wrong. And so while we're in the clear, let's discipline our body a little bit now. Let's go on offense so that when there's a, there's a temptation and the spiritual stuff doesn't seem strong enough, uh, our body will already know where the line is and who's in charge, right? I thought, that's a pretty good answer, right? Good job, Father Tyler. The next day, I got up and I looked at the Facebook post because there was a notification, and uh, my friend had commented back in multiple different posts replying to my comment. And that's always a bad sign, right, on Facebook. Um, And so he he basically went through, God bless him, uh, he went through and kind of commented on how all of the scripture passages that I quoted, he doesn't interpret them that way fine, right? And at the end of it, he used a few scripture passages of his own to basically say, like, all we need is faith, right? All we need is faith, and God will save us. We don't need to discipline our bodies. When I saw that, he actually had quoted Jesus a couple of times at the end, which is a good move, usually. I thought, well, I'm going to go to the part in the Bible where it says, some things can only be done by prayer and fasting. Jesus says that, right, in the New Testament. I thought, perfect, I'll go find that. So I started Googling for it. Couldn't find it, right? I was Googling. I had to Google for Bible, Bible verses. Yeah, I know. I understand. That's not looking very good on me in my life, my career choice right now. But I couldn't find it, right? I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought, well, maybe this, is, maybe this is providential. Maybe I should just tell him, let's have a conversation off of a Facebook post comment section because that doesn't help anyone. And so I just said, hey, if you want to talk, just message me or text me and we'll be, we'll, we can talk, right? That didn't solve it for me, though, right? I'm thinking to myself, like, how come my explanation didn't work? And then, lo and behold, what is today's gospel passage? The one I was looking for. Thank you, God. Everything is possible for one who has faith, Jesus says. At the very end, the last line from the part we heard tonight from Mark chapter 9, this is verse 29, Jesus says to them, This kind of healing can only come out through prayer, full stop. No, it's supposed to say and fasting, right? (laughs) So I said, maybe Mark's got it wrong. I looked at Luke (laughs) in the same story. His just also says prayer. Then I opened up, this is in my Bible this morning in the chapel. I opened up to Matthew, and at Matthew chapter, what is it, 17, verse 21. 
I go to that part and it says the same story. And it says this, this type of demon can only come out through prayer. But there's a little asterisk at the bottom of the page linking to that asterisk. We're down a rabbit hole here, folks. (laughs) At the bottom of the page, it says some translations use the words prayer and fasting and some do not. And I said, ding, 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 ding. Got it. Touchdown, right? And then I thought, well, why does the Catholic version not have it in there? Sure enough, I looked at the page of some Bible translations that are Catholic, and it goes from Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, and skips over 21 altogether. The verse isn't even in some Bibles. Just out. Taken out. Because some manuscripts back in the, from the back in the day had it, and some did not have it. And as scholars and interpreters and scribes passed it on, some of them said, we trust this version of the Bible or this version of this manuscript over this one over here instead. Okay. Some have it, and some don't. I wonder what that can teach us. I went back through the Bible again and said, is fasting necessary? Jesus tonight says, everything is possible if you have what? Faith. In fact, the thing that the disciples couldn't do was because they didn't have enough faith. Seemingly, this kind can only be done if you pray the right way. I said, is it even, is it even there then? Did I just make this up? Or did we just make this up as a church? So I went through the Bible and I found some other places that talked about fasting. Tobit, chapter 12, verse 8. Tobit says, prayer with fasting is a good thing. And then he says, and so is almsgiving with righteousness. In other words, you can't just help the poor. You've got to be holy, second part. Or the first part, you can't just have a relationship with God. You've got to discipline your body too. Or if you go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 2 through 16, Jesus says, when you give alms, do it this way. When you pray, verse 5, do it this way. Our Father, he teaches us there. Verse 16, when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, right? When you pray, when you give alms, and when you fast. Presumably, Jesus wants us to do those three things, right? It's right there in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and following. St. Paul, run so as to win. I deny myself all sorts of things, he says. I drive my body, in some translations, so that I might not be disqualified. Why would he be saying that if the denial of the body wasn't going to help him win the race that he was trying to run? Disqualified. It seems to me pretty clear, right? The Bible says so. And then I thought, but if I go back with any of this to my friend on Facebook, he can come right back and say, But St. Paul says in Romans, X. Or Jesus says in this passage, Y. And we're going to go back and forth and back and forth to no end. And I thought, in the end, this is something we need to know as Catholics, by the way. We need to know this. How, how How do you get to the bottom of that problem? You can't just say, like, the Bible I use is the right one. Can you? Make How many of you guys have a Bible at home? Good. 
How many of you know where it's at? Don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. All right, good. Why did you pick that Bible? Probably because it was pretty or cool, right? I like the blue leather. It's awesome. I got a blue leather one. It's really cool. Gold pages, you know? Some of you pick the Bible because it's got like extra prayers in the back. Some of you pick the Bible because it's got tabs in it. Super helpful, right? Some of you pick the Bible because it's the one that you listened to on a podcast for a whole year last year and you could follow along with it. The same translation. Some of you have the Bible that you have because it was given to you at your first communion when a kid is never ever going to read the Bible, but it looks cute on your shelf or your desk, right? The Bibles that we have, most of us did not do any research on whether that Bible was true or false translated properly or improperly? Did it have verse 21 of Matthew 17 or did it not? Most of us are just happy to open it up and see a Pope picture because we know if we read it, we're not going to hell, right? That's a joke, okay? (laughs) Not a funny one, apparently. (laughs) Folks, uh, the moral of the story with that is if we try to go back and forth with Scripture we end up saying, I believe my version of the Bible, or I believe that the Bible says this because it's what I think is true, or because what my pastor or my whomever taught me. And if that's where we end up, if we just end up fighting back and forth over verses, we will never find the fullness of Revelation. The fullness of Revelation was not captured on a page Jesus didn't spend any moment of his life that we know of writing except for one, but that was in the dust and it was blown away. Jesus spent his time teaching people, showing himself fully. And whenever he left us, he said, I will give you something greater than myself. I'll give you the Holy Spirit and that spirit will guide you into all truth. It'll guide you into all truth. Stay together, remain in me, and the Spirit will guide you to what you need to know. From then on, the Christian religion began to flourish, and immediately men and women began leaving the city behind to go live in caves and to do penance. Because Jesus said so, they knew it. There was no Bible in the year 150 when Christians were willingly doing penances or taking on crosses for their faith. There was no scripture verse to quote then. They did it because they knew it was right. We're we're facing Lent, right? It's in the crosshairs right now, pun intended. Crosshairs. We're facing Lent, right? And the three things that our church says to do during the Lenten season are the three things that Jesus told us to do too. Pray, fast, and give alms. The catechism Paragraph 1434 says, Prayer is conversion in relation to God. Fasting is conversion in relation to self. And almsgiving is conversion in relation to other people, your neighbor. Prayer for God, fasting for self, almsgiving for others. What if you made your Lenten penances based on that? They might actually work. You might be holier at Easter. I might be too. We're facing Lent knowing that fasting is coming. Why do we do it? Maybe because we find basis in Scripture. But maybe because we understand that sometimes our prayers do, in fact, seem weak. 
Everything is possible for one who has faith. I think we're too comfortable. One last story. This past weekend, uh, my dad got to go on his first vacation in years. I mean, I mean, literally years. I don't think he's left the city of Evansville besides going to Indianapolis a couple of times in the last seven years or so. Or city of Evansville, Hopstadt, you know, this area. He went down to the Daytona 500. It's, it was on his bucket list, right? When we were kids, that was our beach vacation. Every year was the Daytona Beach. We never got to go to the race because it would be too expensive for that many kids and because we were a farming family and dad never got to go. He's always wanted to go, and so some of my siblings and family made it possible for him to get to go see the race this year, which, by the way, I watched in my, from the comfort of my house. Well, no, I wasn't napping during the race. <laughs> and it was a good race. And as I was thinking about my dad being down there at Daytona, uh, a packed house, knowing how much the tickets cost, because I helped buy the, or helped, I helped with this, right? I was thinking about where my dad's seats were. Nosebleeds, you know, not good, not, not great anyway. And then I thought about an interview I saw about the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the TV stations was interviewing a family. They had been to seven Super Bowls in a row. What would that cost? This year, the seat, average seat price was like, what, one or $2,000. And this whole family had gone seven years in a row. And I thought about that family, and I'm not condemning them. And I thought about my dad at Daytona 500. And I thought, which one enjoyed that more? I think sometimes um, we know from our own experience that sacrifice is not only helpful, that we need it. If, if life is always easy, if, our, if our bed is always comfortable, if our showers are always warm, we don't feel like things are achieved. Whenever I spend a lot of time preparing a homily, no matter how it goes, I feel like it went better <laughs> than if I got up and wing it. Whenever you're preparing for state band or for state wrestling, whenever you're trying to get a job promotion, or you're trying to actually reconcile with your sibling, the work, the penance, the crosses, they yield resurrection. And we know that, don't we? Everything is possible for one who has faith. I think you've got faith. I think my friend online has faith. And I think I've got faith to some degree too. But if you're not sure if your faith is quite where it could be, if your prayer doesn't seem to be working, um, find verse 21. Add a little penance in and see what happens.